welcome to the City Speaking Podcast. The City Speaks, you try to follow obedient, even the ones that don't. Hey guys, what's going down? Thanks for tuning in to the City Speaking Podcast. Uh, this is our second episode. So today, my guest is a DJ, an MC, a fan of good music, Ray Shizzle. So Ray and I first met a few years back. We were working on a performing arts project together. And uh, since then, we've spent time together. We've performed together again as well. I VJed at events where he was DJing at, and he absolutely tears it up. He rocks the house, this guy. Uh, so I'm really actually really excited to have him in on this podcast. Well, there you go. That's the dog barking. How about that? Don't worry. You'll hear more of this in the podcast. Anyway, uh, where the hell was I? Yeah, thanks, dog. All right. Yeah, that's right. Um, we have a great we have a great conversation. Ray's originally from Kenya, and we talk a bit about you know his journey getting to Hong Kong and uh, China, and actually learning and honing his craft as a DJ out here. We also talk a bit about how he got into hip hop uh, and dance hall and reggae at a younger age, and how that helped influence him and shaped him. Of course, throughout this whole journey, we also talk about how culture plays a role and uh, how we feel about certain things and certain things we've encountered and we've experienced and the power, perhaps, if you will, of, uh, of music and, uh, and social events. Anyway, guys, uh, so here we go. Without further ado, my friends, my chat with my buddy, Ray Shizzle. Enjoy. The city speaks, you try to follow yeah. obedience. Check, check, Mike. That looks good, man. Looks good. You know, maybe share a little bit about how you came to be a DJ. What got you into hip hop? Uh, I started by I, I started as a break dancer in primary school. You a break dancer for? Hold on, let's get you a bit closer to the mic. There you go. Yeah, it's talking to the mic. <laughs> there you go, for man. So you break dancer first? Yeah, in the well, in the eighties, and uh, I I I used to watch music videos of people dancing and I just started dancing and I danced in school I danced at home and my mom used to have cassettes of soul music like the 80s music and just blast them at home and just dance and break dance and slowly I just uh, evolved to listening to hip-hop and just loving the way they would throw out rhymes and when I used to watch that on national TV uh, it was exciting and so Breakdancing was how you got into hip, uh, how you got into hip hop culture. Yeah, into hip hop culture. But yeah. in terms of your influence of music, music, like was as a kid, listening to what you had in the house, which is really interesting. Because for me too, right? Like growing up, jazz was the big thing I listened to when I was a kid, and it was because my father had a lot of jazz CDs, and that's just how I got into jazz music. And you start listening to the sounds, to the pockets, to the improvisation, and for me, as a kid, I just found it fascinating. And I didn't really understand all of it. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really understand the music. Is that okay? Is she okay? Maybe. Sorry. <laughs> Is my dog bothered? It's okay. Bixie's joining us. Bixie, get over here. Okay. We're trying to have a conversation. Come here. No. There you go. Anyway, so, so you know, you grew up in Kenya, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... We're talking what during the the eighties, nineties, right? That period of time. How did you got? We're talking before the internet, right? Yeah. How did you get hip hop music in that time? Okay, um, like neighbors and friends 
who had like um cousins or friends who would send them cassettes from the US that were like uh recorded from the radio okay. like radio shows hip hop radio shows okay and uh some videos like your MTV raps and uh MTV and um hip hop shows and so when let's say they would receive them from the states and we would go to the local video library and record it again on different tapes and then go home and watch and just enjoy and try to understand the lifestyle so you wow just the idea that that's how you guys got it so was it was it one particular friend that had the tape first and you're like yo check this out this music is crazy like do you remember that feeling of first listening to hip hop music yeah yeah like seeing the guys there how they dressed and the way they threw out the lyrics and the environment was really very different as opposed to the way we had our settings back in Kenya like it's very different you feel like really that is the US that everyone is dreaming of going at that time so if uh, someone had a tape and you watched it like sometimes we would sit down like the whole night and just write the lyrics to the songs the lyrics to the songs like uh maybe Naughty by nature right. or nwa or public enemy or even ll cool j at that time in the 80s late 80s when he had his first album and all that so we would write down the lyrics and try to like wrap it out and we even had battles but not battles of freestyle but battles of who can sing that song better like so if you could sing like uh hip hop array or whatever yeah hip hop array or maybe a song like dre day mm. or at that time you could like imitate the voice very well and wrap it out is when people would be like wow that is cool And so yeah that's how we started and slowly just by writing own lyrics and trying out like it wasn't easy but it was a passion so how did you get into DJing so you you you're hitting up I mean you're hitting up all 360 I mean almost I mean uh, <laughs> if you tell me you did graffiti as well you did tagging no no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you then you you know the but, elements of here yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I mean but I mean how did you get into DJing actually uh by just watching the other DJs DJ when i was uh, li- like like when we went to like jam sessions we used to go for jam sessions right and then uh that's when they, we had like hip hop battles and people used to come and do some dancehall and hip hop like talent shows and i joined i used to join those talent shows and I liked watching the DJs see what they do and how they cut up the records and I just learned by just watching them and just being taught just like uh this does this and this does that the highs the mids and everything and trying it out and trying it out and until now when I came to Asia is when I was in China in 2007 is a a, a friend from Cameroon like Nigeria from Nigeria. So he hooked me up with a small job of DJing in a small bar in Futian in Shenzhen. I just played 2 hours of music and since I had the music and because of their perception of a foreigner speaking English and then they and they thought that I could like oh yeah okay okay 
if he has the CDs, then we have the machine and they had the old machine, like you pop in the CD and they do not have like, not like CDJs, but just like buttons, just picture, the pitch fade and everything. And I DJed with it, irrespective of like not knowing everything, but I tried my best for two hours every day playing hip hop music for a couple of months and just making some small money. So it was all good. And when I came to Hong Kong and I saw that, oh, like being a DJ, like you can, if that's what I want to do too, like I was enjoying seeing the DJs playing and I also started getting into it and continued from where I started. So I moved it from Kenya when I was in the bedroom and to Asia in front of the stage. Yeah. <laughs> that's a story. That's, that's, like, that's like a book title, man. That's like your biography. <laughs> <laughs> From the bedroom to the stage. <laughs> it's one of those things where <clears throat> where I think a lot of people starting out in something new, um, you know, when people start out in something new, they often feel like maybe they're a fraud. Yeah. Like they're not quite really there. And we're all kind of a little worried about being found out that yeah. I'm not actually what? as dope as I need to be to be out there, right, and to run the show, right? Yeah, you could say that. I mean, many people face that, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, you're definitely not alone there. But then, so then, was that just how, that was on your grind? Like, that's how you did it. You you went in every night, you kept doing it, you kept just grinding doing it. and trying to get songs from a few friends and having requests, looking for the requests and going out and just playing it and just being confident and just standing there irrespective of what they would think. And the good thing is that I could do most of the basic things like beat match and just play it. So I, from there, I just continued and continued and to a point that now I'm still learning because learning is a still a process so every day i watch what people are doing checking on the internet and just trying to make myself better and better and not look like a fraud <laughs> well see you you say that but you're actually like I, i've we've we've done a gig together right so you did i was vjing that time like yeah. you you know the crowd got pretty hyped like you wouldn't but this is one of those things though because you've put in the work and yeah. you've put in the grind so you know you step out there now you're so comfortable behind that DJ booth. But no, but for for sure, like that that's a good spirit to have, I think, always. In any field you do, like you gotta keep learning. Which is often people don't think that about hip hop related uh, things. Like they would be like and I think a big part of it is because the mainstream portrayal of hip hop can be very much that it's braggadocio mm-hmm. we pouring crystal we got yeah. all the bitches and all the cars and i'm the best but yeah. there's a lot of like struggle that goes in even just as a part of the music but also it like anything else it's an art it's a craft yeah like there are actual skills that you need to work on to yeah. get good at something and people often kind of overlook that or kind of forget yeah. that actually they're they're this good because they put in years of work before you just didn't know them yeah that is true you know what i'm saying so but this is like such a cool interesting international story though like you've come from kenya and you honed your craft in china yeah 
what what one what some people might call like a very American art form, right? Mm-hmm. You right got to you in Kenya, you were in China, and like it just for me just is kind of fast. Just culturally, it's so fascinating, right? You know, I I sometimes think if I played in my country at that time before I came to China, maybe I would be like people would be like, oh, what's he doing? Like I don't think I'd have that confidence. Probably the confidence came is because it was like a different kind of place, mm. and uh, you just have that self confidence. Like, well, I'm here, so right. I better just do what I can now, and not just say that I need to go back to school and study about this. If you need me to be like at that at that time or until today, many of the people who have taught like in foreign countries, like English. Or different languages actually did not go to school to learn how to teach them. I know that's what many people have done. They just go and oh, since I have an idea of how to do it, then why don't I just do it? And that's how many teachers have come up in China, all over. Not I was supposed to be a teacher, though I have never studied to be a teacher, and I did not want to be one because I was not interested. You just have to do what you're interested in. And see how you can make the best out of it. Now, do you have any rituals that you do before you get up on stage, before you get behind your tables? Mm, well, it's usually like uh, nerves, just nervous. And uh, when I was in China, like when I DJed, I used to drink mm. before going on stage, and getting drunk would make me feel like whoa star and just play and play and play and play irrespective of what the people want to say or think but then after i quit drinking in 2010 august like august or september so i'm behind the if, if i'm djing i'm the one who is sober while everyone else is having their drinks and I've gotten used to it to a point that uh, I am comfortable going on stage without like having a drink, or yeah. So, and it's tough too because I can just, I can imagine a lot of folks come up be like, "Yo, that shit was dope" or whatever, and then they try to give you a couple shots or whatever, yeah. and then like that can mess with you. Now I know in China that's a like that that was a big thing because when I went to China, I wasn't drinking. And then, uh, actually, the manager had to look for someone because about uh, like two weeks I was not drinking, and uh, the the people who were drinking, like the the club goers, like would come with shots to have a drink with me, and I would say, "No, man, I just want some Coca Cola." And then the manager looked for someone to translate to me and tell me that they're going to lose customers if I don't have a drink with them because it's a ritual. When they someone gives you a drink, you have to accept and say, come by and take it all down. And that is what I started doing. Like, okay, I'll just try just a couple. And before I knew it, I was drinking and that was it. So every customer who would come with come by, I would be excited, taking the drink, taking the drink, taking the drink. But now, since I stopped almost like five five years ago, like 2010, six years, someone comes to me, I, I really tell them like, thanks, man, I'm, I'm good, thank you, but I don't drink. And 
many people of course they would like pester you like why why you know this is good man what what milk is for kids and i'd be like hey i'm cool man so just just let it go i'm not going to drink however much you want to give me i don't care the celebration but i'm here to play music or i'm here to enjoy myself i don't need to take a drink and it is really tough but i've come to the point that yeah everyone who's around me all the people who have partied with dj'd with everywhere that i've gone that have got drinks but i'm with people who know me know that i'm not going to drink whatever they say and they will even stop someone like hey don't give him a drink we know him he will not take it so and that's a good thing to have a respect like knowing that you're sober and you're not going to mess up when you're drunk so because you won't get drunk but i i think what what ended up happening that's great there though is you have people around you that know that will protect you going out there it's yeah. kind of right but it, but it's again it's just it's a it's just a cultural difference you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying yeah. so that so that's why i was really curious just cuz it's it's just such a thing cuz and it's not just not even in you know as a dj just in any field that's really really common in china and other yeah. parts of asia as well yeah, yeah, like it's yeah. like you know when the deal is done you go out then you got a drink, drink karaoke sing, all get kinds drunk, of stuff and then uh that's pretty much the culture there for especially where there's music involved uh there's always drinks yeah that is true we've gigged and i you know i've seen you gig and i know you and stuff oh, let me take this headphone off um I, you know, I know you're also you also do a lot of reggae and dance hall. Like, how do we how like how did that get added into a part of your your repertoire in in, in Hong Kong as well? Yeah, okay. Like, um, I I I listen to reggae, especially like uh in a uh, high school. Like, I was in a boarding school and uh, it was out of town, and uh, reggae was sort of like uh, music that was being listened to the guys who were like in boarding school it was like a something that gave them hope listening to reggae music and hip hop was very young like you like if you talked about hip hop in high school to people who know, who didn't know what you're talking about who had been listening to reggae they would, they wouldn't listen to you like you're from the town and so but I would listen to reggae oh, hold on what do you mean you're from the town cuz the school was in a boarding school out of town so it had people from the town from nairobi city and from other cities so it was in a different town and uh people from villages like it was a boarding school and of course there was like the people who come from nairobi who know like different type of english and they they are the hip hop wannabes and you know like uptown and while they are from other villages around and they feel like now nah, like you know they need something to give them the freedom and that is like reggae music but i listened to them because i had many friends in high school and i also listened to reggae music and i love reggae music and we even had shows that had reggae music like on the national radio so you would wait for the reggae music and listen to it because after it maybe would be a hip hop show so you'll just be listening and the other people who want to listen to the reggae would be listening to the reggae and you're there waiting because sometimes we'd share like walkman 
Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So someone would borrow your Walkman to listen to a radio show, which is reggae, and you'd be like, "Okay, let's listen together." Or because you want to listen to music, you just listen to what's there. But I came to like it too, and I liked reggae. And even artists will come to Kenya to perform reggae music, dancehall music, like Shaggy, Sean Paul, and we went to the shows to see them perform and. That was like an identity, like you could love hip hop, you could love reggae, you could love dancehall, but reggae was more like associated back home with like dreadlocks, like being oppressed, like you're from the ghetto, and the police would like if they see you with dreadlocks and your eyes are red, and definitely they know you listen to reggae and you must be a rasta man, and they would like oppress you, and so it was all that Babylon and rasta thing or like an identity back home and you had to be somewhere if you're going to be hip hop you really have to dress up your hip hop part and when you go to a reggae club you have to take care of yourself because if you're dressed so smart in a reggae club back home you're a target man you you're not part of the ghetto you're not part of the of that gang that listens to reggae at that time so so for me because i i had friends who also used to perform dancehall and one of my partners rap partners that we we used to have a group called Gangster Holics back in the 90s that we used to perform back in uh, in in Nairobi in, in Nairobi like he's called a uh, porcupine uh-huh. and I had another guy he's called a uh, baby gangster so we were three gangster holics so he would do the dancehall I would do the hip hop and the other guy would do hip hop but we would also like to go to a reggae club so if we know we're going to a reggae club we don't dress up as well as we would go to a hip hop event because you got to take care of yourself if you go to a reggae event back home in the 90s late 90s early 2000 really dressed up really well my man you're not going to go back home the way you are unless you got people who can back you up Wow. So like you would get jumped, you'd be like, "Oh, you think you coming in fly? You think you coming uh-huh. in fresh? Uh-huh. I'm gonna take your stuff, you know." Yeah. So do you feel like it's really interesting cuz some music, but is your mic coming down? Is it slowly sinking? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Let's. Okay, yeah. Hey, guys, better so you don't not like arching your back. Are you comfortable? Yeah, 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 yeah I'm, I'm good. Cool, cool. I'm good. Sure it's right up in your face. There we go. Yeah. yeah There you guys are better. Cool. Okay. Okay. Cool. Hey. We're okay. Cool. It's funny though how like classism comes into play with music, right? I mean, yeah. so much so it's like you hear something, you assume something about someone. Reggae back home was associated to the ghetto. The ghetto is what like would play reggae in the barber shops, in the hotel, in the small, you know, shanty restaurants that sell cheap food would say would play reggae they, they i don't they would not play hip hop man because people would, from the ghetto they would just love reggae and put on dreadlocks and that became their identity and so in a different part of town you would find people who loved hip hop and these people would dress hip hop like with all the nike and the filler and all that and reebok and kalkanai like that was hip hop so back in the day when we went to events when we went to events first you like to know what the event is about so that you don't overdress and then when you reach there thinking that you're really 
looking that hype and then you discover it's a reggae event and everyone has come knowing they have to take care of themselves because truly you have to take care of yourself you got to have a crew you have to have guys you go with if you go to an event on your own at least you need to have some friends you know there back in the day you would, people would even go home without their shoes in the morning jackets wallets like it was a common thing like when we were growing up the the ghettos out in hong kong ha. identify with different kinds of music <laughs> yeah but i mean or or is this i guess but the he, times but, the well, times have changed too well true the times have changed and the cultures are different cuz you still spin reggae as well yeah. in I, in I hong getting, kong yeah I yeah like, i want to let's talk about that, that so, that's interesting so so my partner uh, who i used to perform with like we would go together to reggae events and that's how i learned to love reggae and listening to them and then when uh, he had cassettes of reggae cassettes and dancehall cassettes he would give me and i would record them and for my own listening and listen to them and then i just liked it and i started collecting my own reggae music from cd's and other cassettes and just having here and there so when i came to china i was playing hip hop but i still had a collection of reggae and so when i came to hong kong i sort of like connected mostly with like where there's a reggae event my mind was like i just wanted to play something different and reggae in 2009 2008 2010 wasn't really that that huge in hong kong like right now there's a event reggae event drum and bass event that time it was still growing up and i saw there's a market for this there's a need for reggae there's people want to listen to reggae but not many dj's are playing reggae not enough events that have reggae in it and many of the africans who i met here who've come from other countries were listening to reggae too and african music and there were not many african events until today the african events we could say maybe two or three or four in a year we're talking old school then old school artists hip hop mcs groups crews or whatever any particular ones that you really like or were super influential for you like if you could name maybe five i cuz we we've had this discussion before and i know like it's like oh man just five top five man top five is not enough but i mean if you had a name a few man name a few i'd say like tupac mm respect the late tupac yeah, yeah respect yeah. like yeah. I liked his music like they they talked about the struggle and what was going on in the society and he was himself and even though he did mistakes he was still a human being and he was not perfect but what he talked he, he talked about what he saw and he was hard working this honesty right I think that's yeah. often one thing that I think that's one that people often forget like people that don't always appreciate the old school or really listen to some of the lyrics of what's yeah. going on is there's a yeah. lot of authenticity and truth and human story and struggle that goes into that but also with reggae like yeah. bob yeah. like marley songs man yeah. like so much about the people and the struggle that's their thing or so reggae and old school hip hop like they talk about the real struggle that is still happening till today and you listen to the lyrics and you're like yeah man that is still going on the oppression all that so it's all about the hope giving it to the 
future, letting them know where the people have come from. But if we give like <laughs> nothing, nothing to them, like just telling them about the cars we drive and mm. all that is just mm. material things. But we need to have spiritual healings from the past to let us know how to move on. So Tupac. Okay, and then let's see. Uh, Rakim, he flows good. He is just cool. I don't know how he does it, but he is just just smooth. like Smooth. Yeah, there is like um, Be Real from Cypress Hill. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I actually used to like imitate his voice. Okay, oh really? Yeah. Oh shit, maybe we'll get a little bit of spitting later. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's cool. Now, Okay. Oh, I I told you my story, right? I, yeah. I saw him live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was at um, um, in um in Cal in California, and uh, there's a festival called Rock the Bells. Okay. And there was one particular year it was him. That was a crazy year. Uh, who else was there? I think Talib Kweli was there. Uh, Cypress Hill and who was close? Rage Against the Machine was like the they were headlining night. Cool. And then I was I was at the indie indie stage most of the day, right? Because I'm I'm a huge indie indie uh, hip hop guy. Um, indie hip hop, yeah, indie hip hop. Oh, okay. yeah. We we can like we can underground underground indie hip hop. We can get into that later, but um, <laughs> okay. But no, but uh, be real. <laughs> they took out this massive. This is California, right? Yeah. So they took out this massive bong, and they just light up on stage. Like they were so fearless about who they were and yeah. what they were about. They didn't yeah. care. Yeah. There was just something so authentic about that, like that. It was just, and they and they rocked the stage as well. Yeah, like they—that was the thing—is like, we live the way we live, mm -hmm. we rep who we are, and as an artist, I can step on stage and, and still, still kill it like that. That like, but um, anyway, uh, cool. How about a group? Drop a group. Naughty by nature. Okay. okay. They were cool back in the day, like yeah, 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 yeah. And they're even now touring around, so. People just don't hear about it so much anymore. But there are a lot of artists that they just they keep working. You just don't always hear about it. Yeah. Some of them like uh, still do shows. Many of them. Many of them, Slick Rick. All of them, they still do shows, man. I mean, you talk about smooth. I mean, Slick Rick. Yeah. He oh, has man. a flow, too. He's cool. Like, like storytelling. I mean, just the storytelling. <laughs> you know? So, for sure. See, I would, I would probably... I mean, I do love Naughty by Nature. Mm -hmm. Not because I hate you. Um, but um, I'd probably have to say, for me personally, being an East Coast cat, a uh, tribe called Quest, probably yeah. bless it. But I mean, we would all agree. Every name you and I would probably drop, we'd probably agree on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I love music for what it is and hip hop for the creativity that artists have brought out. So for me to name my best artist, because I... I love them all. I, I I listen to many artists from the old school, even the new school. I could listen, but not like the cranky music, like the old school feeling music and people talking sense and all that. I like I like that, and I collect all that. I collect and keep, and I'll play them in the club, and it's all good. Now I'm I'm with you. I was just wondering in terms of at least your personal influences or whatever. So like we know like. Be real example was a huge influence on you, yeah. right? So that's yeah. something that made it unique. Cause when we used to perform, me and my and my friend like uh, Gangster Holics, and he would like rap, do the dancehall like Buju Banton with a rough voice. So that he would do what? 
he's uh, he, he he would do like a bujubanton bujubanton is a dancehall artist okay who's got a really rough voice that's hard to imitate uh, but he would do that and I would imitate be real and so it would really look like different like from anyone else who just do their normal voice so that it, was cool at that time did people get it do people know that that's like, yeah. like oh he's doing that guy oh he's doing the oh yes so uh, most but, definitely but yes. they appreciated that yes See, that oh, was the blend that they appreciated because it was different from the rest who would just do their normal voice it's one of those things right like oftentimes we when you start out in something you mimic you copy you 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 copy basically and yeah. then you become good and then you find, find your own your voice own. exactly it definitely like definitely for me as well like i'd listen i'd be like i want to sound like that or i want to express yeah. myself like that yeah. or i have the and then it's kind of this sort of mishmash building block experience path that you kind of have to go through yeah then you bam you just find your own identity and like, right. okay so you so you so dance dance hall and reggae you threw that in together uh, uh, african music tell me about that cuz uh, you know that like culturally is closest to you know when you say african music cuz you know africa's huge you know you yeah. know this better than anyone yeah. right better than me for sure just you know massive continent many countries super culturally diverse so when you say african music let's talk a bit about that okay in hong kong right if you have an african club there there's been several african clubs that have popped up in chimchachuwe before and there was one that was makumba in i love makumba i i did my i did my ep launch there yeah 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 i, I, yeah. I really back in the old day when it was uh, on there was it it was on the old bailey yeah peel street that's right yeah yeah i dj there a couple of times yeah. and uh, it was cool so if it depends if you have a club that is straight up playing african music like they'll be playing music from nigeria like west africa you have to like take a few from nigeria take a few from ghana take a few from senegal cote d'ivoire so the challenge is to get the best out of all these countries that they people know about it and then you'd have to have east africa you'd have to have songs from kenya from tanzania from uganda because if you have an african club all these people come africans come and you have to have all this music so being an african dj in an african club in hong kong is really challenging and everyone want to listen to the music from their own country and many people would come up hey man i'm from zambia uh, do you have any zambian music no why man you're the dj like uh, yeah <laughs> but then i at this moment i don't even know any zambian music why don't you look it up but i didn't know i was going to have a zambian customer one person walking in the bar and requesting a zambian song at this moment so unless you give me a title next time oh i'll be off tomorrow so what's the point <laughs> but this is this is so this is just just a kind of draw an analogy mm-hmm. it's like so it's an like an african club it's like saying there here's an here's a european bar yeah do you know so, what i mean and then so how would you do that let me get a bit of german me, music a bit it, of english music exactly. a bit of spanish music yeah right? And then you know, and then oh, you got a French guy come in. He comes in. Hey, do you have a? And then he asks for something. You're like, oh, I don't. It's like, oh, how come you? Don't? Like, it's just really weird just to kind of imagine that. Mm-hmm. But also just that 
we have one club for an entire I'm not saying that we have to have many many, many clubs yeah, and I'm not yeah. saying and I'm not saying we have to have the clubs by by country of origin but it was yeah. just just the very idea that there's, an there's one club. club and and as a DJ your challenge is to accommodate for all the all countries the <laughs> which is not easy and remember you still have to play reggae in between you still have to play hip hop in between and this this african customers would come with their ladies who would want to listen to techno to 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 the house music and they would request say you have anything from lady gaga like it's an african club it's two in the morning everyone is dancing to the nigerian music right. that is playing and you lady gaga like and the guy will come and even give you like a hundred dollars and tell you hey you got something to play my lady or some Lady Gaga or, and you're like, okay. And then you play the Lady Gaga and everyone gets out of the dance floor and the manager comes like, what's going on? It's an African club. And you have to explain, oh, this guy tips me to play this. Man, it's not that easy. Like, Scandalous. It's, it's really hard. And to have an African club, you really have to be strong to maintain it because they don't stay for long. Like, it becomes really rowdy sometimes and many people come in and everyone like wants what their country like hey you have to play nigerian you have to play east africa you have to play south africa you have to play. so it's really challenging but uh, if there's an african event that one you could play you could have a couple of djs just for one night to play some african music that day you could accommodate people like one song from each country would just make it because it's just a one day off as opposed to every day. Thinking culturally, though, do you feel that as a continent, stylistically or culturally or even sort of logistically, like you know, with the equipment and the, and the actual instruments, that there's a greater thread uh, or more overlap between... Does that make sense? I'm not sure if I'm... I'm oh, like so, you mean... Well, I, I guess, so example, drums features uh, heavily, uh, right? So all, that, that, that links everything. Whereas if we were to say Eastern Europe, or, or sorry, European music, it's much harder to, to do, right? Some people, you know, there's, you know... You have vibes. The, yeah, exactly, exactly, right? So Scottish music is very, very distinct, yeah, right? Yeah, and then like you've got... Irish music, like... Yeah, 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 the fiddle. So it's very... But I just feel, do you feel that that's definitely the case? or do, And does that help at all? In in African music, they all have the same like the drums and percussions, and they're all like heavily for dancing. Like they're all danceable, and people enjoy dancing to Tanzanian music or Nigerian music, even though they are not from that country. But they will even listen to what they say and even sing them. Mm. Yeah, so. That's how it is. And even Nigerians, they could even sing African, like Tanzanian music and enjoy. Because it has the same feeling. The African language, it's just nice. And the beats are just enticing. That's why when you play African music, everyone will dance. Or even just playing drums alone, everyone will dance. And that's what makes it. The drums and the percussions. It's just to, you know not slow it's just fast and you have to keep up with it <laughs> well i mean it certainly moves you yeah like you you're you hear it and you just people that even people that don't necessarily they just can kind of uh-huh. there's a beat there's a there's a flow there's a groove and you can just roll with it and ride with it uh-huh. but then 
you get people from different parts of Africa throwing down. Like they'll like be like, oh, this is how I do it. They jump uh-huh. up, the legs they, cross, they turn around, uh-huh. the arms move, the elbows come up. Yeah. Like, and then different people. Oh, it's like, oh, you from Gambia? Oh, check me, check me out. Did it? Okay. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that kind of. And yeah. I, I love that. Like, I, that's why I used to love going to Makumba. Yeah. Because you see people from different parts of Africa. Yeah. In a foreign, in a foreign country, in a foreign yeah. city, in right? The, in an uh-huh. African club, connected by the continent and the music. Yeah. It connects people, right? I mean, it does. It does connect people. <laughs> so as a b-boy then, that that was a long time. <laughs> so I when 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 I when when I transitioned to hip hop, I sort of like the dancing When you say like, you transitioned to hip hop, do you cuz I was into soul music and but be, dance but music. Okay. But then when I started listening to the now the lyrics and sing like um like Sugar Hill and listening to that and seeing that oh I can do this like public enemy and at that time Branubians. Branubian, so, yeah. yeah Brandubian. So I sort of like stopped like dancing just became like not a really big part, but I still do a little bit, but not that much. But, uh-huh. but, uh, what do you wanna see? Yeah, what do you wanna see in terms of you know, events or music or, you know, the growth of your sphere? Uh, people to come out and support local events. And, uh, and yeah, support local events, support local DJs, because as I told you, it's a hard work that is put in to organize an event, to, to organize the set, to that what you're going to play. And if people come and support and appreciate that, most of these events play alternative music as opposed to what is played every day in commercial places. So hook, hook up Ray Shizzle with the juice. You can throw the gin my way. <laughs> yeah, next time we're on stage. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming and joining and hanging out with yeah, me. Yeah, man. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. How can people find you um, if they want to find your work? Can they find you on any particular... Yeah, uh, mixcrit.com stroke Ray Shizzle. That's R-A-Y-S-H-I-Z-Z-L-E. Or for my friends that are non-American, Z-Z-L-E. There you go. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And uh, also Mixcloud stroke Ray Shizzle. Cool. Uh, Mixcrate and... Mixcloud. And Mixcloud. And also Soundcloud. All ending Ray Shizzle. Yeah, you can also find me Ray Shizzle in SoundCloud. I got my songs that I did that cool. are up there. Perfect. Brother Man, thanks a lot, man. I had a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Take care. There you go, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed that little chat. Again, um, right below, I have all the links to to all of Ray's stuff. So if you ever want to check it out, by all means, please do so. All right, tour dates. I will be in Tokyo. I will be playing the Moonstep in Nakano. So it's in Tokyo, guys. So it's in Tokyo. Uh, my date is September 16th. It'll be an evening session. We'll have quite a few other artists there. I'll be posting more stuff online for you guys to check out. So stay tuned with that. But Tokyo, I'm coming at you. Anyway, thanks again, everybody. And we'll see you guys soon.
Take care until then.